your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, January 11th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you after a really, really good, fun, exciting weekend of football action. The super wild card weekend. Six games, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Uh, had a lot of football action to enjoy. And uh, even took in a little bit of that Nickelodeon broadcast, that Saints and Bears game. Uh, so, yeah, man, just just excited to to continue on with the football season. Of course, the Raiders are out of it, but either way you look at it, there was a lot of Raider representation, right, throughout the whole weekend. A lot of former Raiders were playing on multiple teams. I know some people uh, were getting a little upset about that. Why didn't why don't these players still play with the Raiders and they could be playing, doing really well with them and Hey, man, there's a lot of different reasons why guys are no longer with the team. Sometimes they're just not good fits. Sometimes they weren't good players. And sometimes they're just role players on the current team that they're on. But uh, definitely saw a lot of Raiders uh, representing or former Raiders representing throughout the weekend in, in the playoffs and had a lot of people talking about all the different uh, former members of the Silver and Black that they saw uh, over the weekend. But either way, uh, we're here to get into some Raiders conversation to start off this week as there's still no defensive coordinator has not been named yet, but there's be some conversation about that. That we'll have coming up on today's show. So matter of fact, uh, before I get into today's show and let you know what's coming up, I want you to know that it's being brought to you today by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order. I'll tell you all about that a little bit later on in the show. But coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. The voicemail line starts to, starts to slow down a little bit now that the regular season's over and the Raiders aren't actually playing football games. I mean, man, it's crazy to think that this is the first weekend that passed by that, you know, I woke up and put my Raider hoodie on and realize that there was no Raider game, <laughs> you know, and so uh, it's just kind of kind of strange. But either way, the, the voicemail line starts to slow down just a little bit uh, in the offseason, so probably get a little bit more calls and more texts uh, on or, or get them on a little bit quicker. So we'll have that coming up in segment number three, 707-654-4693. Segment number two, going to talk about the salary cap, going to talk about free agency and how I think it's a bad idea for the Raiders to overpay in free agency. And there's some guys in particular, uh, really Nelson Aguilar, is one of the guys that I'm really going to kind of pay attention to because I know a lot of Raider Nation, including myself, would like to see him come back. But the question is always going to be at what cost, especially with the salary cap going down. I think it's reported around $176 million is where everyone thinks it's going to be, which is about $22 million down from 2020. So anyway, I uh, don't need to get into that conversation right now. But basically, we'll be talking about free agency and a lot to have to do with Nelson Aguilar. And we'll do that in segment number two. Here in segment number one, kind of give you the news and the notes that I kind of collected over the weekend. Uh, some of it has to do with the silver and black, and some of it just has to do with the NFL in general and just kind of ties into the Raiders. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So off top, let me go all the way back to Friday. It was announced that former Seahawks defensive coordinator and Cowboys secondary coach, defensive play caller Chris Richard had been interviewed by the Raiders for their open defensive coordinator position. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Raider Nation Radio 920, he actually confirmed that, that uh, both uh, Chris Richard and Gus Bradley had both been interviewed by the Raiders uh, so far, and I do think that the defensive coordinator position, that uh, search is going to get wrapped up sometime this week. I wouldn't be shocked if by Wednesday uh, we're already talking about who the defensive coordinator 
coordinator is going to be. And it's funny because when he was in Seattle, man, he did really some good things. And then all of a sudden Seattle's defense was was really – it actually wasn't really that bad, but it just wasn't up to Seahawks standard. And then – Pete Carroll went ahead and fired Chris Richard. I don't know if something happened internally where they just got a, got into it and and just fell fell out of favor with each other. But then when he went to Dallas, man, it was like every Rod Marinelli loved him some Chris Richard. I mean, he was a big big time fan of Chris Richard uh, to the point where he told me specifically that he was going to be a head coach one day. He's like Chris Richard will be a head coach, and a lot of the the Cowboy fans, man, they they loved Chris Richard when he was calling the plays because he was never the defensive coordinator, but he was calling the plays. He was really the secondary coach in Dallas, but they loved the the scheme that he brought and just the intensity they brought and look this dude is a very very intense guy he gets fired up and that's something I think that the Raiders do need so we'll see how this whole process shakes out we'll see how the whole hiring process shakes out uh, I do gut feeling believe that Chris Richard is going to have a real deal opportunity to be the Raiders defensive coordinator or at least be on the Raiders staff in some capacity uh, being tag team back with uh, Rob Marinelli again two guys that have a lot of respect uh, for one another and uh, since Rob Marinelli is definitely sticking around I feel like that that's one of those X factors that he's going to be almost a deciding factor. So uh, in 2018, I did get up to the star in Frisco as I was covering uh, the Cowboys for ESPN Central Texas and had opportunity to talk to different players, different coaches. That's when I talked to Rob Marinelli and asked him about Chris Richard. And he said he's going to be a head coach in the league one day. Uh, well, I actually got a chance to talk to Chris Richard as well. And it was a, it was a bunch of us. It was like four or five people from the media. So uh, the, you know, the whole like session was about eight or nine minutes, but uh, towards the end of it, uh, when everyone started to thin out a little bit and, uh, actually Chris Richard was about to walk away he was like hey thanks thanks guys and then he was about to walk away I grabbed him for about three or four more questions so uh, here's that exchange I had with Chris Richard going back to 2018 I think it was June of 2018 and uh, I first start off asking him about what Rob Marinelli had to say the fact that he's going to be a head coach in this league one day Coach right. Marinelli yeah. said that he sees a head coaching job for you at some point obviously it's not what's important right now but but do you see that in yourself and what does that mean when a guy like Rob Marinelli who's been doing it says that about you yeah it, it's humbling it's humbling, and um, obviously, it's it's the ultimate goal. I don't I don't know any coach who wouldn't aspire to become a head coach someday. Um, but you're exactly right. It's it's not important right now, and it's uh it's not my focus right now. It's something to where yeah, will I continuously prepare? Yeah, I'll be prepared, but it's that's that's not the goal right now. And is 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 to help the Dallas Cowboys in whatever fashion that I can and be the best version of myself feel like you're bringing some extra energy out there and you see these guys uh you know reciprocating that energy as well i'm, I'm certainly hope so because all i know how to do is just be myself mm -hmm. and i'm coming it's natural i got energy for them each and every single day but yeah they feed in the back and that's what's really positive that's the cool part about having a young group you know it's like yeah let's let's uh, let's understand how to have the mentality let's understand how to have the attitude and whether they thought they can give it or not well, yeah, we're showing them it's okay, man. Let loose. You know, be natural. Have you had any challenges to them where it's like make the play, break up the play, but also finish the play to get the interception? Sure. And that's just going to happen with time. Okay. I said the ultimate goal is to get the football. That's number one. That's always to get the football. It doesn't happen all the time. So we certainly want to make sure that we're separating the wide receiver from the ball. But, yeah, we, we, we challenge ourselves each and every single day to go and get it. So there was just a little bit right there from then a Cowboy a defensive secondary coach, uh, Chris Richard. Uh, a guy who could potentially be the Raiders defensive coordinator interviewed on Friday, or at least it was confirmed on Friday that he had interviewed with the Raiders. So you can kind of hear uh, it in his voice, what, what he expects from his players. And, and that was just specifically talking about the secondary. Uh, but can you imagine he'd be talking about the whole defense? So uh, again, he's not a guy that I look at and say, oh, that's a bad hire. Uh, I, I think that he could do a really, 
really good job. And especially since him and Rob Marinelli do have that that familiarity with each other, at least you know that they'd be on the same page. So uh, the search continues. It should be interesting, but uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Just got a couple more little nuggets I wanted to bring to this segment. I uh, went a little bit long there talking about Chris Richard, but safety Eric Harris, he's selling his home in Vegas. So, I mean, he's a guy who's going to be one of the 21 unrestricted free agents that the Raiders will have in 2021. And it uh, looks like he won't be returning to the Raiders in, in 2021. And you, you know what? That's fine. The Raiders absolutely 100% need to upgrade at the safety position. Uh, Eric Harris, good guy. Eric Harris tries hard. He works hard, but he's definitely not, should not be a starting safety in the league at all. He should not be a starting safety. He should be a really good special teams guy, and he should be a guy who comes in for depth. That's, that's what Eric Harris should be. But the Raiders had him in a role where he was a primetime dude, and so that's got to that's gotta change. They've got to upgrade that safety position. Uh, that's something I'll be definitely paying attention to, either in free agency or, or the draft or whatever they're going to do. But uh, if the back end of this defense is going to get better, it's going to be get better with an upgrade at the safety position. So it doesn't look like Eric Harris will be back in 2021. How about this? I thought this was cool. I saw it over the weekend. Uh, ESPN is putting out uh, 30 for 30, and you know they do really, really good job uh, for th- with 30 for 30. 30s. They're doing one on Al Davis. It's a 30 for 30. Uh, Al Davis versus the NFL is what it's called, and it's going to debut on ESPN February 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So February 4th, 9 p.m. Eastern, Al Davis versus the NFL. And again, I said that's one of the best things that ESPN does right now is their 30 for 30s. And so I'm really, really interested to see how this shakes out and see how they paint the picture of Al Davis and see how accurate the picture is painted of Al Davis. So that should be one, Raider Nation, that you really look forward to. 30 for 30 on Al Davis. It's called Al Davis versus the NFL, February 4th, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And my final little nugget here for uh, segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast doesn't have to do with the Raiders at all, except for it's one of the biggest stories in the in the league right now, even though I don't think there's going to be too much that's going to come from it. But it's still about the Deshaun Watson and the possibility of him being traded to a team. I'm not saying to the Raiders. I'm saying to a team in the league. I don't believe that that's going to happen. Uh, I've been very adamant about that. But, you know, we'll see. You know, I didn't think Khalil Mack would get traded either. I didn't think a lot of guys would get traded. And here we are. So the report, and this was came from Chris Mortensen on Twitter. He says, report about Deshaun Watson's unhappiness with the Texans are accurate. Sources close to the quarterback says he's still angry about teams' insensitivity to social justice, including hiring practice, after the franchise failed to interview Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy this past week. Sources also say Watson could play hardball with the Texans about a trade. His new $156 million contract includes a no-trade clause, but informed speculation from a source is that he considered the Dolphins, in which Tua Tagovailoa and additional conversation would go to Houston so I mean take it for what it's worth it's just that's a report from Chris Mortensen uh, I, I don't think it's gonna happen uh, it's it's always you know sources 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 you know people close to the scene and all this other stuff you know until there's actually something concrete I really don't think that that's going to be you know that's going to be the case but again you know stranger things have happened so we'll see also uh as far as Deshaun Watson goes I saw over the weekend and some people pointed out to me that uh Raiders wide receiver and also a uh, defensive back Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs they liked a photoshop picture of Deshaun Watson in a Raiders jersey like basically playing in Allegiant Stadium and uh, a lot of Raider fans didn't like that they didn't think it was cool that Ruggs and Arnett both did that um you know I said it's a bad look look I don't think that these youngsters realize anything like that about social media and I'm not trying to say that like the old dude don't get off my lawn guy but I'm just saying I don't think that 
uh, young dudes in the league look at social media and look at stuff like that and 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 think like, oh, that's a disrespect to my quarterback. I think a guy like Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett, I think they both know Deshaun Watson. They know who he is. And so, you know, they see him in a Raiders jersey and playing in Allegiant Stadium. They're like, yeah, I like that. That's cool. I wouldn't take too much of it, but I know that some people were like, ah, uh, that's a bad look. Shouldn't do that. Derek Carr doesn't get any respect, this and that. I don't think it's that big a deal. But again, that's just me. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about free agency and the fact that you just should not overpay. And even for your own guys, you should not overpay. And I'll tell you why. That's all coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into it, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. One, they're a proud sponsor of my Locked On Bet show that I do daily with uh, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Uh, but he, he does a great job. But uh, they all also are going to get you hooked up. They do a great job. They are the one place that we trust. They're the one place that has you covered when it comes to all things gambling, uh, all your sports that you need, your online Sportsbook experts, yeah, that's who they are. Obviously, the playoffs are going on. National championship game is tonight. Roll Tide. I'm just letting it be known, just in case you wonder who I'm rooting for. Roll Tide. <laughs> Say it again, all right? So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of betting going on. College basketball, of course, NBA, all that stuff is going on. And uh, if you open up a free account right now at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus just for opening up an account and, and putting in your first deposit. It's that stinking simple. Again, betonline.ag. If you're looking for them on social media, it's at betonline underscore ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for that free account today and use the promo code Locked On for your sign-up bonus. Again, betonline.ag. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of want to talk about free agency, not as like a, a, a guide to what the Raiders should do this free agency, but just a couple rules that I think that the Raiders should kind of uh, try to live by, uh, at least this year in free agency as the salary cap is going down. And if you want to check out a really, really good article, if you just want to read a really good article about the Raiders and their financial situation going into this offseason, uh, Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, on the Las Vegas Review Journal, I, I obviously talk about him a lot because I uh, interact with him just about on the daily. He put out a, a really good piece, though. Raiders face difficult salary cap questions. Uh, that's something to go look at. I think it would be a, a really, really good read. And, you know, I just took a, a couple little pieces from his piece and, uh, you know, that I thought were some really good points that I wanted to wanted to bring up in this in this segment and uh, kind of how it relates to, to Nelson Aguilar, who I think is probably the biggest free agent name that the Raiders have on their squad. Maybe Denzel Good as well, but really, I mean, Nelly, I think, is probably the one that everyone's looking at and just kind of pounding the table, resign, resign, resign. And look, I want them to resign him as well but I also kind of have a limit you know and say okay well what are you going to do how much are you actually going to pay him because he put in a really good season so right now uh, the Raiders if you look at their salary cap and you look at what's being talked about 176 million is what is possibly going to be the salary cap for 2021 uh, the Raiders would be seven million dollars over that cap right now now look they have plenty of things that they can do. They can restructure a lot of guys. They can move on from guys, and they'll be under it. So it's not like they, oh, my God, they're in the red, and they're, they're not going to be able to make it. That's not the case. But I'm just saying what it is right now, and they have 21 unrestricted free agents uh, this, this upcoming offseason. 
Also keep in mind that Derek Carr, uh, who only has a couple years left on his deal, he could be extended to provide some salary cap relief. And Colton Miller is going into the basically the final year of his rookie deal, even though he has the fifth-year option as well. But uh, he's going into the final year of his deal, so he's going to be extended uh, soon, sooner rather than later as well, and that could probably lower his cap hit. So with all that being said, you turn your attention to you know a guy like Nelson Aguilar who – had a, a really good year for the Raiders. 48 catches, 896 yards, and eight touchdowns. And his contract for 2020, $910,000 with 750000 guaranteed. So that is like pennies. He got paid pennies, and he's 27 years old. So basically, you look at it, if you're Nelly, you say, okay, I got one more opportunity to get a nice contract, a, a big-time contract. And that's where... I start to get concerned because what is that going to look like? You know, there's teams that need playmakers. And what he did, everything he did in 2020 with the Raiders was a, a career high. And so sometimes you get a little concerned about that because it's a career. And when, when team guys have career years and it's not like they're, they're what they normally have, because then you think, well, maybe they just had it in a, in a you know, contract year because guys always go out there and ball out in a contract year, and, and then they go and cash a huge contract. And so he's going to try to get one more big deal, at least one more big deal in, in his career, you know, a three or probably a four, probably a four to five-year contract is, is what I'm looking at uh, this next deal being. It's not going to be a one-year prove-it deal like he had in 2020 with the Raiders. So, you know, obviously Trent Brown will probably be be gone, in my opinion. Tyrell Williams, he'll be off the books as well. I mean, so they're going to free up some money there, and they'll be able to, to spend it. But, you know, you kind of look at it, and, and this is really where I want to go. You look at the wide receivers currently that are getting paid the top dollar, and you kind of wonder where would you put Nelson Aguilar? Where, what would you feel comfortable in paying him? Because I look at Nelly as a very, very good compliment. He's not a number one guy. He had 48 catches, but – he had 896 yards, so he was averaging almost like 19 yards a catch, which is great. Those are great numbers and eight TDs, but I still wouldn't say he's, a, he's not a volume guy. I mean, 48 catches is not a lot of catches, uh, but the yards are great. He's not a DeAndre Hopkins, who right now is the highest paid uh, wide receiver in the league. He's averaging $27 million a year. Julio Jones is next with $22 million. Keenan Allen follows him with $20 million. Amari Cooper, $20 million. Michael Thomas, just under $20 million at 19.2. A.J. Green, $18 million. Odell Beckham, 18. Tyreek Hill, 18. Mike Evans, 16.5. Robert Woods, 16.2. Brandon Cooks, 16.2. Adam Thielen, $16 million. Cooper Cup, $15 million. Man, you're looking at all these Rams. I'm looking at all these guys, and obviously Brandon Cooks is no longer with the Rams, but he was at one point. You got Robert Woods, you got Brandon Cooks, and you got Cooper Cup. All those guys getting paid uh, big-time dollars and all. And, uh, at one time, we are in L.A. Uh, so it's like, where do you put Nelson Aguilar, and what do you feel comfortable with paying him? You know, T.Y. Hilton's at $13 million. You're going to give him T.Y. Hilton money, Alshon Jeffrey money, thirteen. million? I, I think that's probably where it would be. Stephon Diggs. Who's clearly a number one in, in Buffalo, fourteen million. I think Nelly's going to probably slide in right around there, right, right around like thirteen million dollars. Uh, Tyrell Williams, he, he's he would be eleven million dollars. Uh, obviously, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna get that kind of money uh, with the Raiders or, or probably any other team because he just can't stay healthy. Uh, so Tyrell Williams will probably be on the on the outside looking in. But I just encourage the Raiders not to get crazy not to get crazy because they want to keep their guy you've got to be smarter than that I mean if if all of a sudden it gets into a bidding war for Nelson you got to let him go you just got to let him walk and, and I know that that's you know that's taken away from the weapons that Derek Carr has but at a certain point man you can't you can no way get comfortable and say oh yeah hey uh Tyreek Hill money 18 million a year like you just you can't do that 
You give them eighteen million dollars, man. You're gonna you're gonna hurt something else. And we all know that the Raiders need that defense, and they need to make sure they solidify that offensive line. And if it gets up to around eighteen million dollars, you got to look at Henry Ruggs, and you got to look at Brian Edwards, and you got to look at whoever else you got in the squad, and say, hey, we need you to step up. You've got to be a much bigger player and much bigger producer in twenty twenty one than you were in twenty twenty. I just I don't think it makes any sense to get up there and get into a bidding war for a guy like Nelson Aguilar, especially, again, when the, when the salary cap is going down. I mean, if it's at $176 million, again, that's $22 million down from what it was in 2020. But by no way, you know, should it even get up there towards $20 million. But, you know, some teams get crazy, like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Think about them. If they go out there and draft Trevor Lawrence, like I believe they will, what are they going to want to put around him? Weapons. They have like $100 million in cap space. So they could very well easily say, hey, uh, I know Nelson Aguilar wants to return to the Raiders, and I know that they're willing to give him $14 million a year, but hey, we'll give him $18 million. We'll give him $19 million. If it gets into a bidding war, my suggestion is you just got to let him go. And, and I, again, I know that he put up big numbers, but this, I mean, those are career years, and, and that, those worry me. You know, there's only, one, there's only two years where he had more catches in Philadelphia in 2017 and 2018. He had 62 catches in 2017, and 2018 he had 64 catches. Uh, 768 yards one season, 736 yards the other season. So, again, monster season he had this, this year with the Raiders having the 48 catches but almost 900 yards. That's 18.7 average and then eight touchdowns. And eight touchdowns matches his, his uh, total that he's ever had, the high that he's ever had uh, in 2017 with the Eagles. He had eight touchdowns as well. But I, I just think a guy like that, and, and really, you know, you look at a guy like Denzel Good, uh, Nicholas Morrow, you know, any, any of those guys like that that, that you really you want to keep because, well, you just want to keep them. At the same time, man, you, you cannot get into a bidding war. You just you really can't because ultimately you got to build a team. It's not just one guy. They're not one Nelson Aguilar from returning from being you know that team that takes a deep run into the playoffs. They've got to find a way to shore up that defense. And I don't care. I don't care if they spend that money in in on the defensive side of the ball for a guy that's proven, a guy that they feel like you know can could be a difference maker and, and can help put them over the top. But you got to get it right as well. You got to hit it on the head. You can't just you go out there and spend money. You can't go out there and spend money on a LaMarcus Joyner or a Corey Littleton and then get nothing in return. If, if you go out there and you're going to spend some big money on a, on a defensive player, you've got to make sure it's the right guy. You've got to make sure that the fit is right with the defensive coordinator. This is one of those off seasons for the Raiders that is so stinking critical. But, you know, again, I just really wanted to talk about, you know, the, the free agencies and, and, and the offensive side of the ball and a guy like Nelson Aguilar. If, if you have to let him walk, you have to let them walk. You know, you can't, again, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's not good, not good business to be able to just to go and give him a ton of money for what he did in 2020, even though it was a re- he had a really good season. Good organizations, really good organizations feel comfortable with the guys that they have behind them or they feel comfortable in their, their ability to go out there and draft and, and get a guy. Like, hey, they, they hit it on the head. You know, they hit a home run with Nelly. You know, 910000 is what they gave him for 2020, 750000 guaranteed. That is nothing. And so they, you know, they, they were able to do that. And he might have just parlayed that into a big-time deal. But if it gets to a certain level, you've, you, you, you got to be disciplined. You've got to remain disciplined. I think Mike Mayock and company will be disciplined. I think they're going to let him test the market. But if the market gets too high, do not be shocked. And don't even get mad. Don't even get mad if, if Aguilar is gone. Because, again, 
And in the NFL, man, it's, it's not stands for not for long. You're not going to be around long enough to get, you know, cash check on top of check on top of check on top of check. So if you have one time that you could really cash in and get that big time bread, then you got to go ahead and get it. So I wouldn't begrudge Nelson Aguilar to end up somewhere else to, to get that big money. Uh, it would make sense for him. It would make sense for the Raiders for him to come back. But they've got to come. They've got to come to an agreement on a deal that is reasonable. And, and in my opinion, a reasonable deal is somewhere, like I said before, around the 14. I mean, I, I much rather prefer like 11 million anywhere between like 11 and 14 million uh, per year. But if it gets up to 18 or 19 or something like that, that's just that's that's true. Number one, 100 catch a season type guy. And that's not Nelson Aguilar. Uh, if anything, that's that's Darren Waller. Darren Waller is that true. Number one, 100 catch a, a year guy over a thousand yards. That's that's who who Darren Waller is. Nelson is a really, really good compliment. But you don't pay 18 or 19 million dollars a year to a really good compliment. You just don't. I don't care how much he can stretch the field. You don't do it. Uh, even Alshon Jeffrey in Philly. I mean, he's at 13 million a year. And he at one point was a, a a number one, and of course he's you know fallen off a little bit, and he's gotten older. And uh, as contracts continue to grow and continue to grow, and guys sign deals and sign deals, then you start to drop down that list. So Alshon Jeffries all of a sudden at number eighteen at thirteen million a year. I, I think I'd be comfortable with Nelly being at about thirteen million, but that's kind of the territory, that's kind of the area that the range that I stay in, anywhere around eleven to fourteen tops. And that might be a little rich, you know, especially again, like I mentioned, with the salary cap going down quite a bit. And, and that $176 million is not even a confirmed number. That's just kind of speculation right there. And that's kind of what's been rumored and, and put out there. So it could be even lower than that. We'll have to wait and see how it all shakes out. But, uh, yeah, I just think that the Raiders, uh, all in all, just need to spend wisely when they look at their, their guys, when they're, when they're trying to break down the guys that they want to make sure that they bring back from the current team. They got to spend wisely on that. If they let them test the market and some teams willing to overpay and just give them a boatload of money, they just got to let that happen. Just go ahead and let it go. And, hey, you know, thanks for your services, but uh, too rich. You know, at some point, you know, when they say you got to know when to fold them, sometimes you got to fold your cards and say, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. That's too much. That's too rich for my blood. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's really all I wanted to kind of bring up. I thought about it over the weekend and I uh, was just, you know, hearing a lot of people talk about Nelly and make sure that you, you go and lock him up and, and get him taken care of uh, sooner rather than later. And, yeah, it would be nice for them to do that. But uh, we will see exactly uh, when they start talking, how they start talking, and, and how much they are talking about. That's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar, a really, really good protein bar. I've been telling you about it for quite a while. I couldn't even tell you how long I've been talking about Built Bar. and It's been that long, but they got 18 great flavors that you could choose from. Uh, just go to their website, BuiltBar.com. You can check out all the flavors. I mean, old school flavors, the OGs like coconut, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. They got the new ones, carrot cake, cherry barcia, caramel brownie, and a whole lot more. And you can mix and match your boxes. You don't have to just get uh, a box of 10 mint brownies or a box of 10 raspberry. You can get, you know, a couple here, a couple there. You can get a multi box. I mean, you can do all kinds of different things. They have the hookup for you. You just got to go check it out at builtbar.com. And just remember that, you know, these are great for the health conscious man or woman. If you're trying to lose or maintain a certain weight, you, you can do that while you're having a really, really good treat. 
Uh, the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Uh, that, so, yeah, it's just, again, it's a win-win type situation, uh, 100% covered in chocolate. Uh, you can just take them out the box and, and eat them, or you can do like me and put them in the fridge, get a little bit of a chill to them. Either way, I guarantee you're going to like them. So uh, give them a try today, BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your order. That's promo code locked on, 20% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Loke in the 626, calling in to talk about how he's feeling about the potential for next season for the Silver and Black. Here he is, Raider Loke in the 626. What is up, Q and the rest of Raider Nation? This is Red Loke from the 626. Well, the season came and gone, and wow, 17 weeks really went fast, but at the end of the day, there's still a glimmer of hope for next season. And um, I'm kind of glad I just got done listening to your Thursday podcast, and I'm glad you brought what you, what uh, Scott Branson questioned you on Silver and Black today on your podcast. I've been able to listen to your podcast on my way to work, but I haven't really been able to listen to the Silver and Black today. I kind of came down with COVID last month. I was off for two weeks. Now I'm playing catch-up. Not just that, I'm getting a new assignment later this month. I've been meaning to train my, my replacement, so I've been, I've, I've been having all that on my plate, so I've been missing out on the on the radio show. But at the end of the day, it's a glimmer of hope for next season. And I say that because we were 6-3 and three at one point. We all know how shitty our defense was, and I apologize for the, the language, but I'm going to use the analogy of being in that workplace. If it's you and your coworker, you're getting your stuff done while your coworker is lagging. There's only so much you can do to be successful as a team until your coworker starts dragging you down. And I believe that analogy fits the Raiders season. We were six and three. I'm going to say we were, we were eight and eight because of Derek Carr. And I say that in a positive way because we could have finished six and 10. We could have finished seven and nine or four and 12 to say the least because our defense was really horrible. And the defense is the reason why we finished eight and eight because we could have been 10 and six, 11 and five. You know, obviously the Chargers and the Dolphins are the two games that I think we should have won if it wasn't for our defense. And maybe other games like the Patriots and, and the, the Bucks, we were there until they our tires just fell off. So, Raider fans, there's hope for next season. Middle of the pack defense is all we need, and we're stellar. A few uh, turnovers, a few fourth downs, that's all we need to 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 to, to succeed. And we were the tenth offense. I don't I don't get why people want to move off the car. We were the number ten ranked offense. Well, guess what? All the nine teams ahead of us went to the playoffs. And while people may not be intrigued by the Gus Bradley hire, didn't he, wasn't he one of the reasons why the LLB defense in Seattle came to fruition? I mean, a lot of people say they already had talent like Richard Sherman, uh, Ken Chancellor, uh, KJ Wright, to say the least, but those weren't high draft picks, and those were players that they drafted and developed. So, And that's the reason why Gus Bradley landed that head coaching gig at Jacksonville. And just, and let me mention also that that Jacksonville defense is that I'm going to the AFC game. So, Raider fans, be patient. I know we haven't been in the playoffs. In quite some time, I mean, we've been having this slump for six years, but everything will be all right. This is uh, this is all I want to bring to the table. There's a glimmer of hope for next season. I'm looking forward to it. This is Raider Loke, and I'm out. There he is right there, Raider Loke in the 626. And, yeah, man, the defense was awful. 
They had their moments here and there, but for the most part, they were, they were pretty awful. This defensive coordinator hire is going to be big, man. Uh, I heard Hondo Carpenter, he actually told Scott Goldbranson and myself, he thought the biggest free agent that was going to be signed this offseason by the Raiders was actually going to be the defensive coordinator hire. That's how big this hire is going to be. They've got to get it right. I mean, they've got to get it right. I've mentioned it before. They've got to find a way to use the personnel. Corey Littleton, Jonathan Abram, you know, Max Crosby, how are you going to make him more efficient? Cleve Furl, you know the guys that you got. You're not going to go and overhaul the whole defense, so you, you you see what you're working with. How can you make those guys better? That's what it's going to be about. I think a lot of the frustration you're hearing from Raider fans is just that I think we all know that the Raiders invested a lot on the defensive side of the ball, and it didn't pan out. And I mean free agent money and draft capital, and it just did not pan out for whatever reason. It just wasn't working. So that's where most of the frustration you hear is coming from. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up is a text from Emerson in North Texas. What up, Q? This is Emerson from North Texas. Wanted to get your opinion on maybe giving up a second-round pick for J.J. Watt. Normally, I hate trading draft capital for aging players, and I know his contract would be an issue, but he could still play at a high enough level, and he'd be instantly provide something that our extremely young and immature defense needs. Leadership. He would instantly walk into that locker room and own it. No more missing assignments and looking for scapegoats. He would have no problem telling teammates to stop screwing around and get their heads out of there. You know what? Anyway, just an idea ahead. What do you think? Love what you do for all of us and love your loyalty to the nation. That is Emerson in North Texas. Thank you so much for that text, my man. And I do believe that the Raiders need a, they need a, a veteran defensive dude that can be that voice in the room. They can be that that Justin Tuck. That remember when when Khalil Mack was a rookie and they and they needed a, they needed that Justin. Justin Tuck, even though he wasn't uh, playing at a super high level, but they needed that guy with that leadership skills. They need a J.J. Watt. They need, uh, even a, like I mentioned before, a Leonard Williams. They need somebody like that. You know, I heard Calais Campbell talking to Tom Pelissero from NFL Network following the Ravens' victory over the Titans over the weekend, and just hearing the passion in his voice, hearing the the, the intensity in his voice, that's what the, the Raiders need. They need, matter of fact, I got it. I got it somewhere. I, let me pull it up. You know what? Here, here it is right here let me, let me give you this audio this is just uh, like a two-minute conversation between Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network and Calais Campbell and by the way Calais Campbell was a guy that was traded from the Jaguars for basically nothing I mean they the, the Ravens gave up a you know a, a box of marbles basically uh, to get Calais Campbell and this dude can absolutely go and he can absolutely play this is the kind of dude the Raiders need check check this out check out this conversation Calais I saw you barking at those guys during pregame warm-ups you played with emotion Yelled Derrick Henry to 40 yards rushing. How did you dominate this game on D? Man, we played good team ball. Good team ball. Everybody did their job as best they could do it. We played with heart and emotion. We knew it was going to be a tough matchup. He's a, he's a king. He's a beast. 2,000 yards. But today, we won't, he won't go run the ball. He won't go run the ball. You guys said all the right things all week about what happened back in November, the logo thing. Peters picks off that ball. It was a group picture on the logo. What went into that? Hey, man, I was just following my teammates. I had no idea that was happening. Come but on, now, day, you've been around long enough. You know what I didn't know what was happening until I got there. But at the end of the day, I mean, hey, respect is earned. Respect is earned. I know you're new here, but you also know Lamar Jackson heard a lot about what happened the past two years, not winning in the playoffs. For a young player like that, as talented as that, what does this win mean to him? It means everything. It's the first one. But he got a long way to go. This team has a long way to go this year. We're going places. You got the Bills the Chiefs, who do you want? It don't matter. It don't matter. We probably got to get both of them anyway. It don't matter. How does this team keep what you're doing rolling? One play at a time. Earn the right. Earn the right to be a champion. Congrats, One play guys. at a time. I know that was only like a minute 15, minute 16, and I know it had nothing to do with the Raiders, but I could listen to that dude talk 
all day. I mean, that dude, I mean, that that's who the Raiders need. And I'm not saying Calais Campbell himself. They need a guy like that, a dude that could bring the intensity, a guy like you mentioned, Emerson, that can own the locker room and, and get everyone straight. They need that guy. And I do think that they need that dude on the defensive line. I think it would help out in a major, major way. But uh, again, man, we'll see what they do in, in the, the offseason. And if they attempt to bring in a dude like that, I think it would go a long, long way if they could do that. But we'll see. Uh, great call or great text. Definitely appreciate it. Speaking of calls, how about this? Raider Rod in Albuquerque. He's calling in to talk about all the former Raiders that played in the playoffs this weekend and how he feels the front office needs to get it right moving forward. Here he is, Raider Rod in Albuquerque. Yo, what up, Q? This is your boy, Raider Rod from Albuquerque. It's a new booty. Just want to let you know. Uh, I'm here watching the games, and I can't help but notice in this first game, we got four former Oakland Raiders starting. You know, if we just keep our guys instead of giving up on them, like he was talking about on Friday, with, or maybe it was Thursday, but talking about Al Davis saying it's better to keep a guy than to let him go trying to seek his replacement because, you know, we're going to invest all that time effort, money, in trying to build up a guy that's similar to someone we have, or maybe not even as good. I'm just saying, Nico Autry, TJ Carey, John Feliciano. I know Valdir was retired, but Jared Valdir's out here starting, man. I mean, we got to get our front office together. I'm out. Raider Rod, thank you for that call, my man. And I mentioned that at the beginning of the show, that there was a lot of representation for the Silver and Black playing in, uh, in Wild Card Weekend. There was a lot of guys. I mean, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned some of them. Uh, Danico Autry, Jahad Ward was playing, TJ Carey was playing, uh, Latavius Murray was playing. I mean, there was a lot of guys. Uh, Feliciano was playing. I mean, yeah, there was a, a lot of former Raiders, uh, f- former members of the Silver and Black playing over the weekend. And, you know, outside of Autry, I mean, there's really probably nobody that I really would even want the Raiders to still have. Uh, I think Autry's been a really good addition for the Colts. But, I mean, T.J. Carey, he, he left the Raiders, went to the Browns. He wasn't really good there. They went to the Colts. He was just okay. You know, Feliciano, he got a big deal in free agency. So, I mean, you can't get mad at that. Uh, Latavius Murray, he's been, you know, went to Minnesota in free agency, uh, went to the Saints. You know, I mean, it just it, it just it kind of is what it is. Jahad Ward, he was never a good pick. You know, the Raiders should have picked Derrick Henry when they had the chance. Instead, uh, they got Jahad Ward. I don't care if he was playing this past weekend. He's still not good. Um, let's see. Who else? Uh, obviously, Khalil Mack was playing on on Sunday. Uh, who else is? Um, oh, Mario Edwards. That still wasn't a good pick. You know, I don't care if he's playing this. You know what I mean? Like, try not to take it, you know, personal and say, oh, man, these guys are flourishing. No, they're just, I mean, they're playing. There's certain ones that are, like, really, really good. And then there's other guys that are just out there, if, if that makes any sense. They're just kind of okay. Nothing nothing too special. So, uh, even though there was a lot of them playing this past weekend, uh, I, I don't really think that, you know, the the – the organization was bad. I think the organization made some bad picks, to be honest. I, I think that's uh, really the case of it. So, you know, I, I don't ever see anybody that leaves the Raiders and goes on to be stars somewhere. Like I said, Autry, that's a different guy. I mean, he, he he's played very well for the Colts. But outside of him, everyone else has just been okay. So th- thank you so much for that call. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, next up, and, and the final text for the show is from Raider Tone in the 661. He says, hey, Q, it's Raider Tone from the 661. Just here with a few what-ifs. What if we had made that trade for Stephon Diggs once Williams went to IR? 
What if we would have just drafted great playmakers instead of guys that fit their mindset? Sometimes talent is worth a gamble, and you make them buy into the culture change and trust your vets to do their mentoring. We miss guys like Michael Pittman Jr. and Claypool, but drafted Lynn Bowden Jr. Okay, Raider Nation, let's draft great, baby. Raider Tone from the 661. And, I mean, it's easy to go and make the what-ifs now. Stephon Diggs, I mean, that that's a dude. You knew damn well that that was a dude. Buffalo made a hell of a, a decision when they went and traded for him. The Raiders tried that with AB, you know, and it didn't work out. I think that they were kind of gun-shy. I don't think they, they want to go down that, that path again. Because think about it. What if AB had worked out? If A.B. had worked out, oh, my God. I mean, that would have been outstanding because he clearly could still play. He's just got some issues. He's got major issues, and so it just it never worked out. But, hell, John Gruden tried everything in his power to make it work. Uh, now, you, you mentioned you know Michael Pittman Jr. and Claypool and then went and got Limbo Jr. It looked like a good pick at, at that point. And it, it obviously did, turned out not to be. It's easy to go back later, like I mentioned earlier, uh, when the Raiders drafted uh, uh, Jihad Ward instead of Derrick Henry. Now, that was, a, that was a bad one. That was terrible. Like, everyone knew, even when he was drafted. And I remember sitting in that theater in Chicago when he got drafted. Jihad Ward is from the – he went to college in the Chicago area in Illinois. And nobody even cheered for him when he got drafted. That let me know right there that that was a bad pick. And then Derrick Henry was next, and the Titans obviously went and got him. Reggie McKenzie blew that one terribly. Uh, you know, so – the, the, the job of Mike Mayock and company is, like you said, draft playmakers. Draft guys that are really, really good players. And I think in 2020, their draft was not very good. I think that's what we could say. Now, these guys might all step up and end up being really good players later on down the road. But if you compare the two drafts, 2019 and 2020, 2019 was far better. And they've got to do a lot better in 2021. They have got to go into the draft not having multiple first-round picks, and they've got to hit on these guys. You got one shot to get it right. You're going to have to do it. So we'll see what happens. But thank you for that text, my man. I absolutely know what you're talking about. Uh, appreciate it. So that's all I got for you for today's show for this Monday, January 11th. Uh, hopefully you have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with more uh, news and notes of the day. Maybe we'll be talking about a defensive coordinator hire by then. Uh, and we'll have more calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Matter of fact, got a, another call from North Carolina. Uh, got Raider Fatty. Uh, Michael from Phoenix. Got all those guys lined up to to uh, you know get on the show. So that, that'll be on tomorrow's show plus a lot more so until then rare nation stay safe uh it was crazy it actually snowed on sunday in texas uh where i'm at and so it was really really weird man it was a weird time for for us here in texas because it don't happen uh, very often but uh it did in a major way it snowed on on a sunday so just be careful wherever you are do what you're doing uh, obviously still dealing with the virus and everything wash your hands wear your mask social distance do what you got to do and most importantly rare nation as always just win baby